0: Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message.
1: I'm excited about today's lesson because I titled it Sovereign Prayer, and we're talking about the sovereignty of God. Next week in our final lesson, I'm gonna dabble into... um, predestination. And I think you guys will really love it. It's amazing. You're going to realize how important and valuable you are uh, to God and how he cares about you, how he's picked you. It's going to be amazing. Um, But this week I want to talk about sovereign prayer. And I want to give you some great principles, but I also want to hone in on one type of prayer. And we're going to talk about praying for our government, and can, can y'all agree our government needs some prayer, right? No matter what side you're on, does our government need a little prayer? Yeah, they need a little prayer, guys, and uh, they always have, by the way. I've been pastoring believers since 83, and they've needed prayer ever since I've been here because they're human, right, and there's just a lot going on, but we're in a stage right now, and I thought, what a great time to teach and connect us, because it is part of God's sovereignty, what's going on sometimes. And uh, to just teach on this, because the body of Christ right now, and I'm not just talking about believers, I think we really excel in doing the right thing. But right now, the body of Christ is having a really tough time uh, balancing their, their Christian beliefs and what they see going on and and there's a lot of political tension that's happening uh, in our nation, and I just think it's good for me to start out by reminding us of something Jesus said, because Jesus, when he walked the earth, uh, the Roman Empire ruled, they were nuts, they were crazy they were they they were dictators you know and, and and I know they were a republic, but i mean they they it wasn't like here guys, right and so um Jesus never even messed with it he just He wanted to bring people to God. And and so I just want to encourage us to follow that main commandment he gave gave us. He said, I give you a new commandment. This is for Christians, for a new covenant. I want you to love one another like I loved you. And, And I think we do a good job here, but we, you know... It's fine to have a political opinion. It's fine to run for office. I'd love for some of you to run for office, man. That would be awesome. Um, it's fine to help on a campaign. It's fine to talk about it uh, without talking about it in a wrongful way. But I, I really see so much tension. And, and if you're visiting, you can take a deep breath because I, I will never tell you my political opinion from up here, but, but, and I won't even tell you in the lobby, so don't even ask, because I'm not telling you. Because um, I really believe a local pastor A pastor of a church in a community, I believe our number one function is to connect people with God. And I wanna connect uh, Democrats, independents and Republicans. I want, to, I want to bring them to God. I mean, I'll give you my values as far as the Bible goes, and then you guys, I want you to vote your heart. But uh, I'm not telling you not get involved, but I want to bring us to a place to where we're putting love as the most important thing, and we're not getting in strife with one another. So uh, I, I lead with that. And here's What I wanna do today, I wanna help you understand prayer at a really powerful level. So this is my big idea. My big idea goes like this. Our prayers release God's providence. And I'm gonna hit prayer from a different angle, but this is really, I mean, this is amazing. God's given you the right under his sovereignty because he is God and and we are his children. He's, he's, He's the creator, we're not. And yet he's given us this powerful thing called prayer and we can pray, and it's the most amazing thing, and it literally releases God's sovereignty. I remember the first time I saw this, I wrote a quote for a message, and I wasn't even thinking it was a quote, and it's, it's a clunky quote. It's not one of those one-sentence really cool quotes. It's kind of clunky, but it's on websites all over the world, and pastors quote it when they teach, it, and, and it's changed my life. Here's how it goes. Prayer is not a fruitless exercise that God gave us to perform. In order to determine if we're faithful, Prayer is the vehicle that releases God to move on the earth. Prayer is really, really powerful. When I was a young Christian, I saw prayer as the first part of this. It was a fruitless exercise that God gave us to perform to determine whether or not we were faithful. It was a box-checking thing. I prayed, I checked the box. You know, it was homework. I got to pray, but God's still going to do what he wants anyway. So I had to pray. And then I realized, no, no, no. No, it's the vehicle that releases God to move on planet Earth, and it's very powerful. So our prayers do release God's providence. And I, I want to share something with you that changed my life, and it brought me to peace, and I think it can bring all of us to peace no matter what's going on around us. And here's my first thought. Jesus gave us the keys to heaven. Heaven's that on-scene, Rome, and he gave us the keys to heaven. And I remember when our kids were in junior high, Gene and I sometimes would have some late nights here and they would ride the bus. So we would give them house keys and they had keys to the house. So you know when you have the keys to, to, to a house, um, you have access to that house. You go in. So they had access to the refrigerator. They loved that, the pantry, right? The TV, everything in that house. Because they had a key, they could come and go. They could come into that house, use whatever they want, take some things out with them. They had the keys. And I'll never forget one day my son David, he came home before everybody that day and he forgot his key. And so he remembered he didn't lock his bedroom window. So he opened his window and crawled in through his bedroom window, but he forgot we had an alarm system. And, and uh, so um, he, he didn't hear the alarm from his bedroom and he put music on real loud and he's laying in his bed playing this music that he liked at the time and he's just cruising, I don't know, six, seven minutes into it, a Highland police officer comes in to his bedroom with his gun drawn and just looks at Dave and says what are you doing in this house? And Dave the heebie-jeebies were scared out of him and it would have been the same for me and that officer was doing his job you know, and he had The alarm company called my phone, but I was in a meeting and I was ignoring, I didn't even look. So they were gonna tell me your alarm's going off, but I never answered it. So the police didn't know what was up and they come in and the police looked at Dave and said, what are you doing here? Dave said, I live here. And Dave showed him his ID and Dave showed him the key and he said, I forgot my key. And he said, why didn't you hear the alarm? I didn't hear and I put the music on. So guess what the Howland police officer did? He left because Dave had legal access our house. Now you can be guaranteed Jesus gave you the keys and the alarms will never go off in heaven when you go up there and try to pull something to the earth. Um, You have a legal right to take what's in heaven and bring it to the earth. So I want to share one of my favorite verses in the Bible with you. It's so powerful. And I'm not going to give you the verses above or below because I want to get to some other things. But I've taught on this before. Listen to Jesus giving us the key. Matthew 16, 19. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So the keys to the kingdom of heaven means that unseen realm... What's going on out there? Everything Jesus did through his death, burial, and resurrection, that's been released in that unseen realm. But here's what I want you to see. The word bind means to prohibit. The word loose means to release. Binding's referring to us taking authority. So get a hold of this. The Bible says Jesus defeated the devil. Now, that full defeat isn't shown, but you and I have a right to bind him in our lives. The Bible says resist the devil, and what will he do? flee from you. So that's not talking about prayer. That's talking about taking authority. But Jesus, through his death, burial, and resurrection, he released all kinds of promises and things in that unseen realm. And we're allowed to take what's out there that he released and bring it here through prayer. And that's what it means, guys, to lose something, to release something into the earth. Here, now notice this. This is really important. Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So can you see what he's saying? If you don't bind, it's not bound. And if you don't loose it's not loose. This is the power of prayer. Our prayers release God's promises. So this is talking about not just government. This, let's, let's look at this at our entire life. Guys, this is talking about you praying for your kids, your grandkids. This is talking about you praying for your mate, praying for your siblings, praying for your parents. It's about you praying. And Jesus is saying, you have the right to loose me to work in people's lives. But if you don't loose Heaven's not loosed into that situation. So whatever we bind... Heaven binds whatever we loose, heaven looses. I love this. But then the Greek scholars tell us there's a play uh, on on the tense in the Greek and they say you could interpret it either way. And the other play on it I want to show you, I I think it sets up boundaries that I love. It makes me feel so safe. And and the Amplified Bible translated it this way. Listen to how it's translated. Matthew 16, 19. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth must be what is already bound in heaven And whatever you loose on earth must be what is already loosed in heaven. That makes me feel safe, right? Because if I just take it the first way, it's kind of like God's the genie in the lamp. And I just say, God, I want you to do this. And God, I want you to do that. But now I have my boundaries. What are my boundaries? If heaven's released it, we can release it down here. If heaven's bound it, we can bind it down here. So that's why our Bible's so important. That's why I teach it. That's why I love to teach it because we find out what is heaven bound? What is heaven loosed? And that's why your prayers are still so important because no matter which tense we look at, if you don't bind, it's not bound. And if you don't loose, it's not loose. So I wanna encourage you. Begin to pray for every area you're not happy with in your life. Begin to pray for that area. Pray every problem you see in your family with your loved ones, with somebody uh, that you know. Begin to pray and let God be loosed in that situation. But guys, I want to just hone in on one area today. and, And here's my next statement. You ready? Our prayers release God to work in our government. Did you know that our prayers can release God to work in our government? federal government it doesn't mean everything we pray will happen but guys we can impact our nation and this it's really important to pray for our country here's why it doesn't just impact us we are the most powerful empire that's ever existed on planet earth never been anything more powerful we hear a lot of things about china but guys our economy dwarfs theirs currently it dwarfs them our military is second to none we're powerful now here's why i say this I say it because when we pray for Washington, we're not just impacting our lives, we're impacting the world. And this country is very important to God, so we need to pray. And I wanna tell you a story. Uh, uh, This is very embarrassing for me to share, and you might be shocked, because I share a lot of things about myself, but this one embarrasses me. It has to do with an election that happened years ago. So uh, make sure you listen real close. It doesn't have to do with this current election, the current president. It doesn't have to do with our last president, not even the one before. It has to do with someone way back. But I was a young pastor, Joe, pastoring believers, and I voted for a president, and he didn't win. The other guy got in, and I was upset. And I just got into this mood where I just start talking bad about this guy everywhere I went. And so I'd do it in the lobby. I never did it from up here. I always knew not to do it from up here. At the lobbies, I'd shoot my mouth off, staff meetings. Anywhere I was, I'd just say, I don't like this guy, and I don't like this, and I don't like that. He's the devil, you know, whatever. And i just just say all the things I wanna say about him. And uh, I just wasn't thinking. I just got caught up in the moment, you know? And uh, I was counseling a guy at Panera's, and he's coming to me for problems, and we're talking, I'm helping him. But then I just spooed out that I didn't like the current president. Not this president, not the last one. All right, way really back. And I didn't like the current president. And people texted me saying, Is it this guy? Is it this guy? People have been wondering who it is. I won't tell you. So 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 listen to this. Listen to this. I told him I don't like this president. Here's why blah, blah blah and I thought he would agree with me. He looked at me in shock. I mean shock. He said, I voted for him. And I like him. And then I tried the back backpedal. It never works, guys. It was like the cat was out of the bag and I was in trouble. And I really made this guy stumble. But it wasn't enough to stop me. I'm a slow learner. So, so I go on, I go on, and uh, I'm in a staff meeting. And I'm just letting loose on, on our president, just letting loose. And after a staff meeting, one of our associates asked if he could talk to me. And I thought he was just going to tell me what a great guy I was and stuff. You know, <laughs> You're doing such a great job, Joe. But... You know, he says, Pastor Joe, I say this with all respect. I really, I really respect you. But he asked, He goes, I want to ask you a question. Do you pray for our president? And I really thought hard, and, and then I thought, I don't want to lie. I said, no, I can't pray for him. I just, I don't like him. And, and he just looked at me in shock. He said, you teach us to pray? And you say, pray for government. I, I know, I, I said, I know, I know. And, and, and God gave me a spiritual spanking. Do you know what a spiritual spanking is? My associate didn't give it to me. God opened up my eyes and showed me how far I had wandered from, from love and, and, and prayer. And I apologized to my associate. I thanked him. I said, thank you so much, just thank you. And to this day, I'm so thankful. And you know what I began to do? I began to pray for that president. And it's amazing what God did in my life. In his presidency, he ended up doing some really good things for our country. Not a perfect person, but it was amazing to see uh, what, what happened in my life as I began to pray. So let me show you a scripture. This is 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. Pray in this way for kings and all others who are in authority over us or are in places of high responsibilities so that we can live in peace and quietness, spending our time in godly living and thinking much about the Lord. So first of all, the latter part, so that we can live in peace and quietness. In other words, your prayers can literally impact some decisions that are made by our leaders. Today we have a president, not a king, but our prayers are powerful, guys. Our prayers release God's providence. But you know what else happened? When I began to pray for that president that I couldn't pray for and I just changed my attitude and repented to God for my terrible attitude, do you know that I had a peace come on me that was absolutely amazing? And today, we live in the most, I'm telling you, this is the most tense political times I have ever experienced in all my years, I start pastoring believers in 83, most intense times, but I'm walking in peace, man. I'm walking in peace, and it's amazing. Do I agree with everything I see? No. Do I pray my heart out? Yeah. Do I have opinions? I'm vi- I am very opinionated, and yes, I have opinions, but I have learned... That it doesn't matter because I don't understand everything anyway, but I need to just pray my heart out, and that brings me a peace, right? It just brings a peace. Now, notice the first part of this verse it says, Pray in this way. So he's talking about the verse above. So in the verse above, God told us how we should pray for everybody. And I, th- th- this is the New Living Bible, but they did such a great job with the Greek. It's a paraphrase. they did a great job with the Greek, so that's why I'm using it. So we should pray in this way. For our president, for uh, the head, of uh, the speaker of the house, whoever it is, doesn't matter what side we're on, we should be praying for them in this way. Well, what way? Well, let's go up one verse and see. This is verse one. Here are my directions. Pray much for others. Now, this is just everybody, but then in verse two, he said, now, let's be specific. Let's pray this way for our government leaders. So he says, pray much for our government leaders. Plead for God's mercy upon them. Give thanks for all God is doing for them. That's pretty powerful. So what is God saying? He's saying, guys, your prayers are powerful. Your prayers release God's providence. They're very powerful. And he says, no matter who's in office, no matter what branch of government, he says, pray a lot for them. So how do you pray a lot for people? How do you pray? Here's how I pray. God, I ask you to flood so-and-so with wisdom. Just flood them with wisdom concerning our economy, making right economic decisions. Flood them with wisdom concerning economic or international decisions, Lord, and dealing with other nations, with our military. Flood them with wisdom. Flood them with wisdom. And I just pray and I pray and I pray. And you know how some of us are stubborn, so it might take some of them a while to get some things. but, But all I know is my prayers release God. And then listen to this. Plead God's mercy on them. So when you see something you don't like, you just begin to plead the mercy of God on them, right? You begin to pray for them. Father, I pray for them. Father, I ask you to help them see where they're wrong. And Father, I ask you to save their soul. Isn't that, isn't that awesome? We can pray for God to save their soul and to introduce them to Jesus or whatever it might be. And we can just plead the mercy of God. And then he says, give thanks for this. So whatever you're praying, you give thanks for. You know what that means? After you pray for them, When you turn the TV on and hear something on the news, you might have to take a moment and say, Father, I thank you that I prayed and you're working because you don't like what you're seeing, right? But God's just saying, guys, we're the salt of the earth. And one way we can salt this earth is by praying. Our prayer releases God's providence. And I have found in my life, it brings me to peace. Now here's, I'm about to make a statement that, I I really understand it just from studying the Bible. It's a powerful statement, and it puts God on the throne and it takes us off, right? And and here's my statement God might want someone in office that we don't want in office. Because remember the theme for this series? Uh, Here's the theme for this series God created and controls all things within the boundaries of his covenants. We talked about that last week, and his purposes. And God, God, God has seen the big picture, and it reminded me of a story in my life. I, I can play chess, and I play chess my whole life, but I'm just mediocre. I'm, I, I might be someone if they're mediocre. I might be the better mediocre chess player, but I'm not good. And I met a guy in our church that's like right under grandmaster level, and I asked him if he teach me some strategies. He was so happy to do it. And I get together with him and he's teaching me his strategies. And as he's teaching me these strategies, I came to a conclusion after a while that I'm just too dumb to play. I'm I'm not smart enough. I have brains in some areas, but not in that area. This guy was planning seven and eight moves ahead. If I could plan two, I would be so happy with myself. He was anticipating everything on that chessboard, And it blew my gaskets. And I just looked at him and said, I'm just not talented in this way. I cannot do this. You don't want me to be the general running the military of America because I'll get us trapped in some kind of battle. You want somebody like him running it or someone else. Guys, I said that to say this. God is the greatest uh, grandmaster chess player in the universe because God stands above time. He created time. He sees the beginning all the way to the end. I have no clue how that works. And if I did, I guess he wouldn't be God, right? If we could figure him out, he wouldn't be God. He's not a superhero. He's God, right? And he can see the beginning all the way to the end. And God has all these plans. He has plans for Israel, plans in the Middle East, plans here and plans there. I think sometimes he leaves us alone, but sometimes it's such a strategic time that the Bible says He raises one up, and He takes one down, and it's just a time where God does some things that sometimes I disagree with Him. You know, I'm 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 batting, and I do that with all reverence. No lightning needed, Father, and uh, <laughs> all reverence. But I'm batting 500. When it comes to elections, that means 50% of the time, the person I vote for wins. 50% of the time, they don't win, right? But I, you know what? I'm going to keep voting for who I th- my conscience. I'm going to vote for who I think is best. And, and if you want to get involved in politics, i want to say it again. God's not saying not to do it. He's telling us, walk in love as we do whatever we do. Love each other, but also... Come to a place of peace and realize sometimes things are bigger than we are. There's a big picture, and sometimes we cannot comprehend it. We'll comprehend it when we get to heaven, but God has used crazy people throughout the Bible, guys. I mean, he's used some people in the Bible. It's amazing. Listen to Habakkuk 1, 5 and 6. Look at the nations and watch. And be utterly amazed, for I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. This has already happened. It's not for today. But God says, I'm going to do something. He had to tell his people about it. He said, you guys won't even believe what I'm about to do. And then listen to verse 6. I am raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth and seize dwellings not their own. Now, if I were alive back then, I would have said, pardon me? (laughs) What? (laughs) Don't you know this? Don't you know this, God? Don't you understand this? But, But God was raising the Babylonians up because of the covenant he made with Israel, and he told them, if 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 you walk away from me, I'm gonna have you ripped up out of your land. And they had rebelled and walked away from God, and he was gonna use the Babylonians to rip them up right out of their land. And and I know we're not under that covenant. If you weren't here last week, that message will, will really help your life. But all I know is God's a chess player, and, and I have no clue. This is where I, and I hope if you haven't done it, you can do it. This is where I I just bow my heart and my life to God, and I say, God, I trust you. I know there's a bigger plan than Joe, but I want to tell you also what we need to think in just a moment. But can I show you what happened? God gave Jeremiah the assignment to tell Israel about this. And so Jeremiah is one of the major prophets, and he has his own book in the Bible. And listen to Jeremiah 27.5. With my great power, this is God speaking through him, and I stretched arm, I made the earth and its people and the animals that are on it, and I give it to anyone I please. Daniel says he takes, rises one up, takes one down. Listen to Jeremiah 27, 6 and 7. Now I will give all your countries into the hands of my servant, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, Nebi was not a nice man. He was he was not a Christian, so to speak. Right? He says, "I'm going to give it to Nebi, and I will make even wild animals subject to him. All nations will serve him, and his sons and his grandson until the time for his land comes. Then many nations and great kings will subjugate him." So when I read things like this, and there are throughout the whole Bible. I hold on to my beliefs. I, you know, I'll never change what I believe to be true. I'll always vote my conscience. But I come to realize life is bigger than Joe, right? God didn't die and put me on the throne. And there is just some things he does that, that sometimes we just scratch our head and say, why did, why did this happen? Why did, why did that person get in office? Why did this person get in office? But did you notice he called Nebuchadnezzar a servant? All that means is he said, I'm going to use him to do something that I need to be done on planet Earth. And that's a great story because Nebuchadnezzar softened his heart towards God. God did a lot of things to get through to this guy. And it was amazing to watch. So why am I sharing this? Because I want to bring us to a place of peace. After one election, not this last one, not the one before, but one way back then, I heard a preacher on TV. I was just clicking channels, and he was scolding the body of Christ. And he said, if you guys would have prayed, this this president would have never won, and it's your fault, you should be praying. And I'm like sitting on the other side of my TV thinking, I wish I could go through this TV (laughs) and talk to him. I'm not a tough guy, but I just wished I could go talk to him and say, what are you talking about? Because here at Believers, we had hundreds of people, I'm not exaggerating, we had all kinds of prayer groups, we had hundreds of people praying every week for that election. And in, in the valley here, we have all kinds of great churches that pray. And we had thousands of people praying in the valley. Across America, millions of Christians were praying across America. And I, I'd have to believe that it wasn't our fault, guys, because the Bible says that two or three of you agree as touching anything on the earth. And I just think this poor preacher didn't understand. Sometimes Something has to happen because something has to happen over here. So let me tell you how I pray. I pray different in private than I do in public when it comes to elections. So if I'm praying for election and I'm all by myself, it's just Joe, I say, Father, I'd like so-and-so to win. And, uh, and I just throw their name up there. But then I always say, but not my will, your will be done. Because I know sometimes he has a different will than I do for those kind of things. But I, I, I just say the name. But when I'm in public, I mean, two people... The church, I just pray, Father, we pray for your will to be done in this election for the right person to win, the person that you want in that place at that, this time. And that brings me to a piece. I'm still going to vote for who I want, but I'm just praying because I think God wants us to be true, right? And vote our conscience, right? But I'm just saying, I understand sometimes there's some things behind the scenes that I don't understand. So how can I bring this to closure? Our prayers release God's providence. Listen to this, guys. No matter who's president here or any nation you're listening in, no matter who the leader is, God is our God. And our God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He said, if I be for you, who can be against you? He said, if you call on my name, I will be there. He said, I'll go before you. I'm behind you. I'll walk through the waters with you. He said, I'll supply all your needs according to my Richest and glory. And you and I need to come to a place of confidence and rest, pray our hearts out, but know that our God is bigger than anything going on all around us. And no matter what's going on in our world, our God is a great God who can rescue us, protect us, and save us. And I think that's a good time for us to give it up and say, thank you, God. That's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. So... It's amazing. So I'm going to end with that because I could go on, but that's enough. That's a, that, that, I think I did a decent job. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. Let's pray. Father, we love you with everything that's inside of us. And Father, I know we live in this really tumultuous political time. And Father, I trust that I helped us all take another step towards walking in this thing called peace. Father, we thank you that our prayers release your providence. We thank you that we can impact Washington. We thank you, we can pray, Father, for righteousness to rule in Washington. We can pray for people to come to know Christ that are leading us. We can pray, Father, for your righteousness to always prevail. And we thank you, Father, that you placed us in this position And Father, I know for some I raise some questions. We just thank you that you're the question answer. We thank you, Lord, for opening up our eyes as we walk through this earth. And Lord, I know I'm not all-knowing or perfect in everything I say, but Lord, grow all of us in this area. And Father, give us all the grace to do what Jesus asked and to love one another as you loved us, regardless of what we have opinions on. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I believe God's speaking and ministering to hearts. Maybe you're listening, and you're not sure of your forever, because that's why we exist as churches. You're not sure if you were to die if you'd go to heaven or, or to hell. And that's why Jesus came. We had the Lord's Supper. We learned in the Lord's Supper that he died so we can live. Jesus said, whoever calls on my name, I'll save them. Jesus said, I am the way to heaven. And so, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Right now, I'm not asking you to join our church or religion. I'm not asking you if you know who Jesus is. I'm asking you, what have you done with Jesus? TCI Borman Warren, what have you done with Jesus? Can you remember a day in your life when you prayed and said, Jesus, I believe you're the your only way to heaven and I receive you as my Savior? If you're listening, you say, I can't, but I'm ready today. I want to ask you to pray with me. And if you pray this prayer from your heart and you give your life to God and you surrender to Him, he'll, he he will come into your life and you'll, you'll never be the same. It's amazing what he'll do. So if you're listening, you say, I can't remember a day when I accepted Christ, but I'm ready today. Would you pray with us? The rest of us, can we help them pray and just say this after me and let's help them say it. Say, father, thank you for Jesus. I realize that I'm a sinner who needs a savior. And this day I look to the savior. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins and the sins of the whole world. I believe God raised you up out of that grave. You're the Son of God. And this day, I surrender my heart to you. I accept you as my Savior. I make you Lord of my life and make a decision